Good evening, Broncos country. Welcome to your, our actual first reactionary post-game, right after the game podcast with Couch Potato Sports, Denver Broncos edition. So um, we're going to get right into the point with this. Um, we're still waiting for Jimmy to join. I'm here accompanied by my colleague, Anthony. Um, I'll just start it off with a... You know, I'll start it off with the positives because I'm feeling pretty somber right now. So, um, hey, Jimmy, can you turn down your phone? Okay. Oh, <laughs> Not turn off, but turn down. I think he's on live, so it's echoing or something like that. Um, I'll start with the positives. You know, the Broncos racked up over 400 yards of offense, which is – Something we don't normally we haven't normally seen with an offense in Denver for quite some time, which um, they were moving the ball. Uh, Jerry Judy had about 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. Yes, he had a dropped pass, but um, I'd say Jerry Judy overall was uh, better than he had been. You know, um, right. we got Andrew Beck involved. You know, right after that first mistake that he made, uh, we got him involved right after that. Rusted and. You know, he was making some plays downfield. He made that Odell Beckham Jr. type style catch. That was awesome. Um, uh, and then, you know, we, we, we saw Javante Williams. You know, he did uh, minus the mistakes that he made. You know, he, he, he was moving the ball. You know, he was creating space. He was picking up first downs, all that stuff. Um, so we were driving the ball fairly well in offense, you know, minus the red zone, which we'll get into. But I'm going over the positives right now before we absolutely just get into uh, the Broncos' ass right now. So, um, uh, Bradley Chubb on defense, he showed up in a big way in the second half. Uh, hats off to him. Uh, Randy Gregory with that uh, that uh, strip fumble that he had, that uh, potentially game-changing type of play that changes that switches over momentum. So that was. A clutch move on his part, you know, um, really excited when that happened. Um, yeah, those those were my big takeaways from the positives. Um, there weren't, you know, besides that, I can't really think of anything else uh, if we're just uh, thinking of the positives right now. So, um, so, yeah, I know you guys are itching to uh, just tear this team apart. So, Anthony. <laughs> Which yeah, I mean, to go first. You get into it. I mean, I'll talk about some positives too. They did move the ball really well, and you know, something that I thought was kind of odd was like the lack of usage when it came to the receivers early in the game, especially against two rookie corners. Um, but I'll try to stay positive. Yeah, both running backs looked pretty good. Javante, of course, looks great, but. A lot of people I was seeing all over Twitter and social media, like, why is he not in in these crucial situations? It's because Melvin, I mean, is typically better in these situations. He's a much better pass protector than Javante. Um, there was one play specifically, I don't remember the exact play, but Russ would have got, like, damn near got just cleaned up because of a block that Javante missed. And if it, if it wasn't Russ out there that kind of maneuvered away and didn't get crushed it would have been pretty bad so he you know that's why melvin's in in the goal line and 
of course he fumbled just like fucking Javante did, but we'll get at all that. But yeah, they I mean they moved the ball good. And it's something that the Broncos have struggled with in recent years was that red zone stuff. And you know, aside from the red zone, they moved the ball good. This game really should have been a blowout. They're a much more talented team. You know, they do have the better quarterback, the better weapons on offense and defense. And you know, I, I don't want to overreact too much yet, but we'll definitely get into some frustrating topics and, uh, uh, you know, start tearing this team apart here. But, yeah, I don't want to overreact too much. It was a very emotional night for Russ, and I think for the, I think it kind of reverberated through the rest of the team as well, even the coaching staff. And, uh, yeah, you know, and, and without further ado, like, that red zone shit, it was pathetic. I mean, pathetic. It was ridiculous. And I know we've gone back and forth, the three of us, about the, you know, the plane and the preseason versus not. The Broncos looked fucking ridiculously underprepared tonight. Ridiculously. Yeah. The penalties were embarrassing. There was a couple that were stupid, like the, the Baron Browning one. That Or was that Jonathan? It was Jonathan Cooper. He stood over the guy for half a damn second. You know, it's right. the NFL, so the ridiculous calls that these refs make and are forced to make hurt teams. And that was one of those plays, but the Bradley Chubb roughly the passer call for a veteran pass rusher. What are you doing? Especially going so mm-hmm. high. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. It's just so many, just so many ridiculous penalties, the delay of game stuff. And I get it. They're in Seattle, but it, I mean, I don't know what it was like to me. And I don't want to go out on a limb here and say something ridiculous, but like, I'm not saying Russell Wilson was unprepared, but it's like, he wasn't comfortable with this offense. And I'm not saying Russ was uncomfortable, but it's almost like he, I mean, how close were we on delay of game penalties aside from the ones that they actually called very well, close. Yeah, and it, I get it, was it close all game. Yeah. Yeah. And I get there in Seattle and which is an extremely loud place and a, play, and a tough place to play, no matter how good or bad the teams are on the field. I understand that, but they just looked like, I mean, how many times did Russ have to adjust guys at the line of scrimmage? And right. I remember one time specifically Sutton and uh, who was it? Tyree Cleveland for some reason was on the field. Yeah. And Sutton and Cleveland look at each other like, Oh, are you supposed to motion or me? Yeah. That's the shit that you iron out in the goddamn preseason. They showed a graphic. I don't know if you guys saw it before the game. They showed a graphic of all the quarterbacks in the entire league that started yesterday and whether they played or no, it was not play a snap in the preseason. And I think five of them won games yesterday, five. And there was the likes of like Justin Herbert, who is elite Lamar Jackson, who is a top tier quarterback. And I forget the other like three quarterbacks, but really, really good quarterbacks. I'm not saying Russ isn't, but they're with established teams with established head coaches who have been there for multiple years, running the same systems, not a first time head coach in a, system that this team has never played before with a new personnel it was a mistake and i will i will fucking stand on this mountain until i'm blue i will defend this it was a mistake to not play in the fucking preseason and it was proven tonight i think like they were just so unprepared they just looked so unprepared for me and the goddamn decision at the end if that was not the most fangio type of situation i've ever seen it was, it was ridiculous. You have over a minute left, and I get it was fourth and five. Who do you want the ball to be 
whose hands do you want the ball in at the very, you know, fourth and five game on the line? The guy you just committed $260 million to or a kicker who, and I love, we like McManus. It's a 64 right. yard field goal. It is a 64 right. yard field goal. You, they the, just, trend, the trend's oh been this God. week to miss him. You know, the, the trend has been to miss him. And like, you know, like you were saying, you know, about the preseason stuff, you know, me and Zach were on the same page about, um, you know, not playing the starters whatsoever. But after seeing this game and how sloppy the game was, now give credit where credit's due, Russ was able to move the ball pretty well. You know, right. between the 20s, they moved the ball very well. Right. Um, you know, once they got into the red zone, they couldn't do anything. And there was a lot of very questionable play calls um, throughout the whole game. And, oh, man, it was just such a frustrating game to watch because it just – like we were talking about a little bit earlier in, in our text, like – so much of it reminded us of the last six years. So yeah. much of how the game went um, from the coaching to just how we just, you know, fumbling at the goal line or in the red zone and, and giving, giving up opportunities and just doing everything we can seemingly to lose the game. Playing to um, the level of your competition. Right. We, we definitely, uh, we yeah. weren't prepared and I'm starting to kind of lean your way, Anthony, with, should we have played at, at least a drive or two? I'm not saying go out there yeah, and play a full quarter, exactly. a full half, but get a drive or two in with these starters. That way they kind of – they could figure this stuff out. And maybe – I don't know. This I might be talking on my ass here, but maybe some of the play calling is a little too complex at, to start the season. You know, it might right. be some stuff you got to call down the road. You know, I was – excuse me. Um. I I was just really disappointed with a lot of aspects of the game outside of being able to move the ball pretty well between the twenties, um, right. you know. And that Javante fumble, I'm not really going to put too much on him. You know, they've they've hurried that snap. The uh, Graham Glasgow, who I don't, he was we in all his agree. lap yeah, when he, he received the ball. And if Quinn Marinez, or however you pronounce his, Miners, his last name, Miners. Miners, if he's healthy, he's playing right there. And I don't know if that changes anything really because that play was just so broken from the start. And I like what you said in the text, Jimmy. You're on the goal line, on the one-inch line, and you're setting right. up in a shotgun. Right. Yeah, and that's, that's <laughs> another thing about it is why, why are we trying to be too cute there on the goal line? Why are we trying to do all this fancy stuff, trying to make it look like we're going to throw a little quick out to the flat? Just get it in eye formation. Give the ball to e – I don't care which running back you put back there, Melvin or Javante. I would prefer to, prefer to see Javante, but – I don't care which one. Throw one of them in there and just pound the ball. Yeah. Why are we trying to overthink this? You're on the one yard line. You know. Right. And so, I, I and by the yeah. way, guys, I am live on TikTok right now and yeah. pretty much everyone in here is just in here to roast me, which we yeah. deserve. Which which is I, fine. Yeah. I'm here to read it. I, I I'll put the L right on my forehead for you. We played horrible. And yeah. congratulations to the Seahawks, I want to say real quick too. Great game. You guys earned it. You guys played your asses off, and you earned that victory. And congratulations, and on to the Houston slander <laughs> as far as TikTok's concerned. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. They didn't fucking deserve to win that game. They didn't. I don't give a damn. The, I, I, I was so sick of listening to the commentators talk about how great Geno Smith played. It was all dink and dunk shit. He made a couple decent plays. There's a reason he ended up with just a hair over 200 yards. Now, 423 passes. Give me a break. The running game, they didn't get a running game going. The Broncos at all. The running Broncos game was not there at all. Defensive and offensive penalties absolutely crushed them. The Broncos were on the inch line. They should have came away with 
at least 10 points in that situation. Sure, they could have settled for a field goal on fourth and one from the goal. And, you know, that, that I mean, I know hindsight's twenty twenty. We'd have won the game in that case. But, right. um, you know, you should have came away with 10, uh, 10 more points. And it's 26 to 17, and we're having a completely different conversation right now. So I don't yeah. think that the, the Seahawks deserve to win that game at all. Not at all. I don't – they were – like, except for the very – ending of the game the broncos were not out coached tonight and they were not outplayed right. tonight i don't i don't right. see, yeah it's, it's just frustrating well, yeah so there's a couple things i'd like to point out so it just i, I agree with the both of you it did seem very unorganized out there uh, I agree with – I forget who said it, so forgive me. When they uh, running two complex of plays this early in the season with an offense that right. uh, has never played together until tonight. So I do agree with that. Um, I think a lot of it was, you know, because you know, this isn't an excuse either. This was Nathaniel Hackett's very first NFL coaching game. So, um yeah, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of pressure on all aspects of the game, and having to face Seattle Week One didn't help at all. And I'm not blaming the scheduler for that. I'm just it's just a fact. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of emotion leading into this game, and this is this is the reason why, boys. I was so nervous about this game. This is the reason why because of what we saw tonight, and um, I I still stand by what I say with the preseason. Like I just think the preseason just does not matter. But I mean. Who knows? Like the stats are proving me wrong right now, but I just I, I get so damn worried about players that you need for the season getting hurt in the preseason. If that that's ACL, my biggest worry. If word. that ACL's popping in the preseason, it's going to happen week one. If I mean, look at Vaughn. He tore his he that had that freak ankle right. injury in training camp. If it's going to happen, I don't, it's going to happen. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I'm just I still lean on the side of why just take the risk and you know I. Yeah, that's, sucks, this is why right like, now, because now I, you're off to a horrible start, 0 and 1, with a game you should have won, and now the Chiefs and the Chargers and even the Raiders looking at the Broncos like, okay, this should be easy. Well, and they can look at us all they want. What that's matters f- is what happens on the field. So right. right. Um. So you know something I, else I, I wanted I do, to point out too. Oh, go ahead, Zach. Sorry. I, I, you're um, good. Um, the emotions are flying right now. You're fine. Um, the as the as the season goes by. You know, this offense, you know, I, I didn't think this offense looked horrible. You know, we put up over 400 yards, and that just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Uh, which is something we should have done against the Seattle Seahawks. You know, it's, it's something we should have done is put up 400 yards on this team. Because I, I do agree with you in a way when I – so I, I do think the Seattle Seahawks, like, because of the way they exploited us and the way that they came out and they used tight ends against us and they exploited our soft coverages, all that stuff. In that aspect, I do think they deserve to win this one. But I also do agree with you when I say, when you say uh, they don't deserve to win with it because had we not committed so many penalties and I'm not trying to make excuses, but man, uh, was eleven or twelve penalties combined with the offensive yeah, for, defense for that, over a hundred yeah, yards easily? Uh, over a hundred yards, and that is such a game changer. That absolutely kills your football team, and it just we look like the Raiders out there. You know, just to be honest, you know, you look like yeah. the Raiders out there, the most penalized team in all of NFL for like ten plus years. Um, 
So and that's that's that is stuff you can fix, but it has to be fixed by week two. You just cannot, cannot. And yes, maybe a lot of emotion played into those penalties. Bradley Chubb is a hothead, and yeah, you know I think he went after Geno Smith, and he shouldn't have done that. But I do agree with you with that Jonathan Cooper play, like that was taunting. But I just think the the refs were consistently relentless tonight. They were. Uh, and I was analyzing those delay game calls. You watch some other NFL games and compare some of them last year. I would venture to say that 70% of the time, a ref is not going to call how close those delay of games were because they were a millisecond, you know, because you snap the ball off and it's zeros at the same time. That's how it was for us tonight. And I think, He's, he was spending a lot of time putting water receivers in positions that they weren't in, you know, fixing things, doing his checks, all that stuff. That's what, that's what Russ is known for. He's check, check, check Russ, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, – Well, and refs, credit where credit due on that too is the 12th man was there. They, well, they yeah, were but, electric, oh, you know. Thank you for bringing that up. I think it was absolutely bullshit how they booed Russell Wilson coming out of there. Absolutely classless. After yeah, I, I that, agree. Fuck the 12. After seeing I, that, the most spoiled, rotten fan base I've ever witnessed in my life. How do you go out there and I'm watching these dumbass rednecks out there booing, using their hands as a cup at Russell Wilson, and he's the only reason why your franchise has a Super Bowl. Right. He is. Even if, and like, even if you had the Legion of Boom, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You're not winning a Super Bowl without Russell Wilson. You're not right. getting those 10 great years of Russell uh, of success in your franchise without Russell Wilson. Seattle Seahawks are going to find out. Yeah, they might not find out week one because I'm seeing Seattle all over the place saying, we won the trade, we won the trade, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> you, I can't wait to see you guys go 4-13 and 13 this year. I right. cannot wait after seeing that. And I will I'll also say there are some Seattle fans that I, I do have respect for that I don't yeah, necessarily – put in that category, but man, you showed your ass tonight when he ran out to the field and you guys were booing him. And then some of the, some of the fans are like, Oh no, we were, I see on TikTok we were booing the team. Bullshit. Russell Wilson ran out yeah. there by himself and you right. guys all collectively booed him. Yeah. And they have these signs that says 12s greater than threes than three and all this crap. Like, Oh my God, give me a break. You guys I, are just so spoiled rotten. You have no no idea. Well, I no saw idea a, what I saw you're a, in for. Yeah. I saw a sign that said, if you don't win, he'll leave you too. And it was like right after the game when I saw this. Ridiculous. And, and it like and but that statement just has just, no it, whatsoever. Well, it just reminds me of like what did, look at look at Russ's face walking off the sideline when they're going to kick the, get set up that field goal formation. Right. Why, why the fuck did you bring Russell Wilson here? Why did you extend him five years, two hundred and sixty million dollars? Mm-hmm. What? What? That is a. I mean, and that I'll was give, just a bad play call. And I'll, and give, I, and I'll give him some slap, dumb. It was dumb. It was dumb. He's a he's a rookie, you know, head coach. It, and then just to fucking absolutely humiliate yourself by calling three fucking timeouts. Yeah, when they, right. That was, what that is was, go- that was bonkers. You're not <laughs> like, getting the ball back right there. You're never getting the ball back. When they're taking knees, why call the timeout? Like it's embarrassing, like you just said. Completely, I think it was a completely small embarrassing. mental breakdown. Breakdown. Yeah, he had a goddamn like mental breakdown. 
It was a uh, – which, I, I mean, mean, it's he's a rookie head coach, all well, this hope... stuff. And, and I'm trying right. to rationalize it by saying, you know, they were they were throwing out stats out there. And I, I can tell that Nathaniel Hackett, being a rookie coach, he's going to lean heavily on those stats. So they threw that stat out there that Brandon McManus is one of the best kickers in the NFL from 50-plus yards out on the road. Right, they yeah. threw that, that stat out. Sure. And then – they were not doing well on fourth down at all. Hence the two red zone. They, they couldn't even get it done in the red zone. So Dude. I think he was relying heavily on the stats, which is not necessarily a good thing, but necessarily a bad thing at the same time. But in that situation, man, that was, I don't know, from the outside looking in, it seems like a common sense school thing. Like, um, well, we have I, Russell Wilson. It's fourth and five. Give him a chance, and you run the clock out with a minute to go. Right, like that. A, a minute five. Bonkers. A minute five. You have three, three timeouts. timeouts. And I was praising Nathaniel Hackett up and down from this preseason, his game management majority of this game, like, and then just a completely shit the bed at the end. That was like, and, so bad. I and all, all I was thinking during that whole time too is you got a minute left. Why, why not get to the line of scrimmage, run a play, say you fail it. Now there's 45 seconds on the clock. And you have three timeouts. You have three timeouts. You have a possibility exactly. to get the ball back. Yeah, you, exactly. you have a possibility to get that ball back, yeah. go down the field, and win. But instead, you ran it down to 20 seconds. Then you called a timeout to kick a 64-yarder, which the uh, I, I feel like he was relying heavily on analytics there. But I yes. can't see analytics really telling you to kick a 64-yarder in that situation. Like, <laughs> I know. When, I, and I do agree. 64-yarder. <laughs> like, come on, man. Now, like I said a little bit earlier on the show, I'm going to take it all with a grain of salt for now. You know, it's all going to keep stay right in the back of my mind come next week when we play Houston. And, I mean, a lot of the things we're talking about, though, they're things that can be fixed. You know, I didn't see a whole lot of, like, I mean, in the first in the first half, I saw some bad tackling. I'm not gonna lie. I thought, like I told you guys in our in our text chat. Oh, they need some Oklahoma drills. Yeah, they gotta they gotta get down on some tackling. And then in the first half, I think Jerry Judy's touchdown might be one of maybe a handful of wide receiver targets. Yeah, you know, we got to get these guys in the game. Yeah, that was yeah. one of the biggest things that was driving me goddamn crazy. You're you're up there playing against two rookie cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. And you have the receiving weapons we do, and they're not targeting at all. Like right. The, the, and I get, and like I've mentioned on the pod before, like we're going to see a lot more running the ball this year than most Broncos fans want to see. That is what Nathaniel Hackett has done as a play caller, and it's what he's going to continue to do. Lucky for us, we have two great running backs that can get the job done like they did tonight, except mm-hmm. for on the one-yard line apparently. But the receivers need to get involved. Like, that was absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely Quick question ridiculous. for you guys. How many plays can you remember where Russ was under center? Uh, he, not, I mean, he wasn't, not enough. He wasn't under center a lot. You know, he was doing a lot of the bootleg. You right. Know, pay, pay, I, don't, I don't know if you guys heard. We Peyton need Manning to establish explaining. a run game is where I'm going with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Peyton Manning was explaining his little bootleg thing where he drops in instead of, instead of rolling out. But mm-hmm. I, I I saw him rolling out quite a bit, and that's what Seattle wanted him to do is rolling out to his left because, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Pete Carroll knew that was one of his weaknesses. So obviously he's going to try and exploit that. And ah, uh, man, this I is... mean the, the offensive line looked fucking horrendous too. It, yeah. it did not look good. 
It the first horrible. half they were horrible. They, I think they did a little better the second. half. They looked half. overwhelmed, but then they, and then they lost Quinn Miner. So that yeah, sucked, that hurt. So. Billy Turner needs to hurry his ass up because Cam yeah. Fleming got toasted, toasted and then that, tonight. Let's let's address the elephant in the room real quick. Fucking tight ends. Sorry for for swearing. No, you're fine. Tight yeah, ends, I... man. Another uh, the thorn in our in our side for oh, covering for years. Tight ends. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. co- covering tight ends. Covering tight ends. Albert Okawebenam, I thought, had had a pretty good game. So all did around. Beck. So did yeah, Beck, and yeah. Beck. Um, the tight end group stepped up for sure. I'm t- covering tight ends, one of the thorns in our side for years and years and years. For a damn decade. Yeah, Literally, and not even. It, it I guess not horrible. a decade. When we lost Danny Trevathan, it was gone, absolutely mm-hmm. gone, and it's still gone. And yeah, I mean, we're coming up on a decade on that quick. My goodness, no. like it's it's absolutely ridiculous, and. There was just like in the first half when the, the Seahawks were driving the ball pretty easily down the field, it was just so many like just open lanes for open passing lanes for Gino mm-hmm. yeah. everywhere. Like that. And I get, I, and I know I text you guys about Chubb just screwing up that touchdown play, but he was kind of in a bad spot because he's either going to, you know, he's got to cover a tight end or come up and stop Gino who's running up the, up between the tackles now and trying to make a play happen. So he made a decision and tried to go after the quarterback. Like, you know, he probably should considering he's a pass rusher. And of course he was right. in coverage. Of course he was in coverage on that play, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it looked like the, the defense came out flat. They, they didn't come out. They, 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 everybody, they just came out flat. Just went out absolutely flat. And something that kept bugging me about Russ is his deep ball looked fucking horrible. That Judy made a great play. That ball was underthrown and to the inside. Um, yeah. One one of the the dropped interception. We haven't brought that up yet. Quandre Diggs drops an interception. Yeah. That, that was, was a horrible a, a horrible throw. Horrible. Shouldn't have been, even been thrown. Mm-hmm. Um. There was another ball down the sideline to Sutton where, um, it wasn't the pass interference play. It was shortly after that. And even Aikman, I was watching the uh, ESPN well, broadcast. Way inside where you had to try to come back through the Exactly. Aikman even said, like, if that ball's, like, up and towards the sideline, Sutton has a chance to play. He's one of those guys that can go get it. But it was inside, and it was just, like, it just, to me, looked like they were not prepared. And I will continue to beat the dead horse of not <laughs> doing it. It's, it's, I'm, I do not believe in it at all, not doing it. And you know what else was horrible tonight? What could have, you know, could have been a reason for a lot of the delay of game penalties and the almost delay of games. It took a damn year for Hackett to get the play call in. Yeah, mm-hmm. it took forever. Here's an idea: game time situations, calling the plays to your quarterback in a stadium full of thousands of people. It's almost like you have an opportunity to do that before you play a game that is meaningful, and they didn't fucking do it. <clears throat> Right. They, you can, they can do it all they want at training camp against the Cowboys and joint practices and all that bullshit. They looked flat. They looked – they didn't come ready to play. Absolutely. Well, they were ready to play. They were ready to play, but they – mentally, maybe not physically. I don't know what the – dude, I don't know. Other way around. Maybe, yeah. yeah. They were there physically, yeah. just not mentally. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was fucking horrible. It was right. – it, it reminded me of watching the Bron- Broncos season opener for the last six years. The hope mm-hmm. and excitement, True. and you're ready to watch it. And this time, we actually had a reason to be excited. And right. It. It. I, I'm more disappointed right now than I have been over the last six years. And I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to overreact because it is 
you know, they they did play. They played a good game, but at the end, yeah. of, let, let's I'm not, not overreact, react, guys. Fuck them. I mean, I'm just, I'm just talking about the game. The, no, this game in particular. I'm yeah. not going to overreact for the season, but right. they better no, come man. out with a fucking statement against the Texans. They better do something because if they, if they don't fucking come out and play a good game against the Texans and you know win uh, and win handsomely, yeah. Like, you are in trouble. The the Broncos will be in trouble this season. Absolutely, man. I I couldn't agree with you more. And you know, like you were saying, I'm taking it all still with a grain of salt for now. You know, I'm keeping it in the back of my mind because, like you said, is um, if we go in against the Texans, show up the way that we showed up today. I mean, there's going to be some serious concerns about this team. And I I agree with you. I think we need to go into into that game here at home, home opener, and completely beat the brakes off of them. You know, that's so, the team that should be bottom of the league. And we need to show up the way that we were expected to show up or at least make good decisions and, and turn around some of the things that we're talking about. Um, it's a lot of fixable stuff, though, like like we were right. we were talking about. And yeah, I'm still optimistic for this team. I think I think they're going to turn it around. I think I think who was saying it was it. One of the games we were talking about was one of the first losses. I think Anthony was saying it about maybe the 49ers game. Um, yeah, Russ is going to take it as a big opportunity to really address the team and, you know, tell well, them, yeah. you know, that you've got to show up in these moments. You know, we can't, <laughs> we can't play without our brains. You know, well, we, ha- is, yeah. we have to play smart. Um, I, hope, yeah, I think it's going to really be a good learning opportunity for the team. Yeah. And th- they got to come out strong next week, though. I agree. I think it is going to be a learning opportunity. And I hope, you know, Russ does say that, like, hey, you know, we got to, you know, learn from this and mm-hmm. fix the mistakes. And I hope he pulls Hackett aside and says, listen, motherfucker, right. do you know who I am? <laughs> do you know why I am the quarterback here? Don't you ever pull that shit again. A 50 yard field goal? Sure. Listen, you know, I have 55? The now. Sure. Right. Dude, this is why he left Seattle. These are reasons why he left, mm-hmm. wanted to play elsewhere. Right. And the first game back in Seattle, across the fucking sideline from the dickhead coach that held him back for years, you pull that shit. That is embarrassing. That's the worst part of the game right there. Uh, that was worse than the two fumbles on the goal line to me because that uh, yeah. showed that showed mm-hmm. a lot. That showed a lot. That was embarrassing. The fumbles, they happen. That is stuff that balls get popped out. Defensive players make good plays. That kind of stuff happens. That was like a decision you made. Approach to it and take like the safe way out. I don't think he want. Oh, I feel yeah. like going through his mind was like, I don't want to call a play that loses us the game, even though in retrospect he did. Yeah. Well, not I, not loses it, the game. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that. But right, you, know, you guys right, know what right. I mean. Yeah. So this is obviously going to be every head coach has that moment in their careers where they look back and they're just like. What in the fuck was I thinking in that moment? And hopefully this is the biggest moment for Nathaniel Hackett ever in his coaching career. Hopefully this is it. Hopefully we all yeah. witnessed it tonight because I still have faith in the man. Like right. I, have a, I still have a good feeling about Nathaniel Hackett. This, right, was just, right. this, was, this was a very dramatic, you know, it was a mental breakdown. Like, let's be real about it. It was a, the pressure was on him. Mm-hmm. He's a new head coach, rookie head coach. Uh, things weren't going the way he thought they were going to go, and he 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 tried. He thought he was taking the safe way out by kicking a field right. goal, 
he tried to hype up Brandon McManus and all that stuff. And of course, McManus is like, yeah, I can do it. You know, like he's not going to say no. Right. And um, I mean, he had the leg. You know, yeah. Was, I mean, he had, had the there, you know? it just wasn't, it just wasn't, you know, yeah, but it's one of those situations where it's just such a know, long shot to it's make like, a field goal that long. It's like either way, I would have thought it was dumb, but if he would have made that field goal, it would have been like, okay, like don't, right. don't, that was cool, but don't do that again, please. Right. But like either way, I still would have thought he was dumb because, that was yeah. That was and then then the timeouts at the end was just the cherry on top for the fuckery yeah. that was going on at the end. Like it was just ugh. it was it was. I was just sitting there like I was kind of just laughing and just like surprised. I'm like, what is? G-? I, I looked over at my brother in law because he was here and I was like, this is some Madden shit. This is yeah, like some I was about online to say that. play. Like, like you're salty, you're losing, salty, you're trying to get so, up to yeah, rage so quit because you're taking a ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just, it just well, was not I, a good look. It was. I it, think it, the problem you know? is that most players that play Madden would have managed the end of the game better. Yeah, facts. <laughs> a bad, fucking twelve-year-old, right. a twelve-year-old playing online against his buddy would have managed that shit better. I mean, the I pressures are different. You, I you would have. I understand. You, you got to go you know, for that, man. I know, but you got to go for that. You have Russell Wilson. You have to go. Yeah, for like that. you said, Anthony. Like, hopefully, Russell Wilson pulls him off to the side and be like, "Hey, man." I mean, look I, at Russell's face here. walking I'm off here. the side. Yeah, I'm here. The man threw for three hundred fifty. How many? How many yards did he throw for? I, I don't know off the top of my head. I, I would end up like three hundred and twenty. I want to say three twenty, and he had three twenty something. Yeah. So I mean. The problem wasn't moving the ball. They could have got that. I think, I think they could have got a play out there. I mean, Jerry Judy was wide open the play before. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, you know, when he kind of dumped it down to yeah. Devontae, he had Jerry Judy wide open in the middle of the field, running away he had from dump down you know. every damn play because the O line was in his yeah. lap all that, game. Exactly, right. the O line doesn't help him at all. Um, but man, so we got a, we got a lot of work to do this week in practice. That's for right. damn. I would like to keep this short, so uh, because we are going to have another podcast right, right before the Houston game this Sunday. So uh, we usually did it on Fridays, right, Anthony, or Thursdays, right? Thursdays, yeah. Thursdays, yeah. So uh, thinking about having it on the one Thursday night around the same time. I could go. And then, I could go Friday or Saturday this week too. I'm, oh, I'm okay. good whenever. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll text you guys, but um, so we'll we'll. Get more into the Seattle game with after a week of just letting it stew and letting it formulate and hearing all the opinions from our beloved Benjamin Albright and all that stuff. But, uh, and then we'll come back, we'll talk a little bit more about it, then we'll get into Houston and we'll move on. So, um, do you guys have any final thoughts before, uh, we call it a night? No, I, I think I, I don't think I have much. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess I'll, I will say this like, I know we're heated right now, and of course I'm heated and just frustrated. Of course, yeah. But <clears throat> this is a talented team. Of course, uh, yes. And, you know, this is a really very talented team and a talented coaching staff, and I think they're going to figure it out. The problem is you got to – they have to figure it out quicker than than – we kind of t- talked about that in the past. Like, you know, it took Peyton a while. You know, it took him quite a few games before the Broncos started looking good. Well, there, here's the difference – the Chiefs are not the Chiefs that Peyton had to face. The Chargers are not the Chargers that Peyton had to face. Same with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. We're in a different division where you could yeah. – if you, if you get behind early in this season in the standings, you will not make up for it. One game, because I the, mean – Because the Broncos aren't it. winning – was it 11 in a row they won that year? 
Yeah. The Broncos aren't winning yeah. 11 in a row this season with the schedule. It's not happening. So it, uh, there's a lot of hope still left on this team, and I, I'm sure I'll feel better tomorrow. And <laughs> but yeah, they got to they got to figure it out quicker than quicker than right. I think some fans are wanting them to. Like, oh, it's okay. They'll figure, no, they need to figure this out quicker than yeah. No, we definitely have to figure this out very very quickly. Um, you know, as we've all talked about, this division's going to be. I think it's going to be 10 to 12 wins. I know it's a long shot, and that would be the best division of all time. But one game can very well make the difference at the end of the year. But with yeah, that being, That's why this that game is so said, damn important. Right. Yeah, with those NFC said, games are important. It's a long season ahead of us. Um, but, yeah, the outside of the, the, the division games are, are crucial in, in the AFC West. And yeah, we'll, we'll see if, if it comes down to hurt us at the end of the season. But there's a lot of season left. I'm taking it all with a grain of salt. But we do need to turn this team around quickly. Um, we don't yeah. have time in the AFC West to take a few weeks. It's got to mm-hmm. be next, right? Because the exactly because the Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders will beat the Seahawks when they play them. This year. That will happen. So the Broncos are already at a disadvantage immediately. Yeah. All right, fellas. All right, man. Uh, with, with all that being said, um, Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Rapid Reaction Couch Potato Sports Denver Broncos edition. Broncos unfortunately lose tonight, uh, sixteen to seventeen to the Seattle Seahawks on Russell Wilson's homecoming. Uh, hey, it's finally over now. We can stop talking about it. Uh, right. I mean, they're going to talk about it all week, but uh, oh, I know TikTok. You know, like live it yeah, down. Exactly, TikTok and all that stuff. <laughs> Radios. We're going to hear about it all week, but the game's over. It's time to move on. Uh, we'll, we'll bring it up a little bit more in conversations, especially in the next podcast. But as a whole, it's over. It's done with. Okay, Pete Carroll, this was his Super Bowl. He won his Super Bowl. Congratulations, Pete Carroll. Uh, your team's probably going 5-12, and 12, 13, 4-13, uh, right. and 13, you know, whatever. If this, pro- is, if this the, is the only win that you wanted, like, cool. Like, you got it. Yeah. Congratulations. The, the problem is I'm friends with a Seahawks fan, and I saw him post already on Facebook. He does not care if they lose the rest of the 16 games on the schedule. That's how important this game was. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah, that is that, how important this game was. Go, go, I feel that transmit around TikTok as well. You know, which this is, was the yeah. Super Bowl of the season for the Seahawks. A lot of them, which is, a lot of them feel. Yeah, yeah that's what, that's fine for them. Like nobody right. else feels that way besides Seattle which, fans. So, which whatever. But, you know, I'm good job happy for you guys. Uh, you know, I'm sad for me, but happy for you guys. At the end of the day, no. good game, but we got to come back strong next week. But all right, fellas. So uh, I think we'll call it a night. Thank you all for doing this with me, and uh, you guys enjoy your week, and I look forward to talking some uh, Houston Texans on the next podcast. So, as always, go Broncos. Go Broncos. Let's do it.